welcome to episode 40. I'm here with my friend, Luca. Welcome to my show, Luca. It's a long time coming. <laughs> Finally, I have you. <laughs> yes, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Ivan, for your flexibility. My schedule's been a bit crazy, so I'm happy that we're finally linking up together. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Can you let our listeners know a little bit about yourself? Some fun sure. facts and anything yeah. you want to share. For sure. Um, hold on. Let me just turn off the notifications because uh, I'm going back and forth with my crew right now for a tour. So give me a quick, quick little, we're doing a quick commercial break. Do, 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 do. All right, good. I put a do not disturb function on my phone. On my um, So yeah, my name is Luca. I am also known as Lazy Legs. I am a professional dancer, motivational entertainer, and dance educator. Um, I am 38 years old as of right now in August 2022. Um, and uh, I've been dancing for 20 plus years. Um, for those that don't know, the reason they call me lazy legs is because I was born with a neuromuscular disorder called arthrogryposis. It's a condition from birth that affects the bones, joints, and muscles in your body. Uh, and I need to use crutches to get around. Uh, I do use a wheelchair as well too. Um, but my dance style consists of using my upper body strength and my crutches as an extension of my arms. Um, so for the past 20 plus years, I have been earning my living as a professional dancer. I've toured and performed in over 35 wow. countries around the world. Amazing. <laughs> so, uh, and I had that opportunity to meet Ivan at several functions with Muscular District Canada, also at some different events um, in uh, Toronto area. And so I am very happy to be here with you right now. And I'm happy to see that you're taking on the podcasting world by storm and I, yeah i'm trying i'm trying well it, that's the that's the most important thing right your first failure is not to try you just got to give things a try and try your best uh like now moving away from uh some jokes and fun stuff now let's get serious and <laughs> talk about some of the struggles you faced and then hardships you know um as a person with a disability, and I think that many people with disability can probably face some similar struggles in terms of just uh, moments where we allow our disability to, um, not allow, because I, I don't want to say the word allow, but there's moments where our disability takes over and makes us feel like we can't do certain things. Um, and I think that that's a normal feeling. Um, and that's something that uh, growing up, I had a lot of challenges with, even though I've always been active, even though I always found ways of doing things my own way. Uh, I'd have certain periods in my life where I would tell myself that I couldn't do certain things because I couldn't walk or um, people looked at me differently. So I was the outcast yeah definitely um, feel that way as well sometimes yeah and um i'd say for me what helped me was really dance dance allowed me to feel like myself that i it, like it allowed me to accept myself and embrace my difference um through hip-hop like being unique being yourself is your strength and so i'd say that that's something that growing up i had that 
through dance, I had that opportunity to kind of embrace my difference earlier on um, to use it as, as my strength. Um, but I can speak more recently about some struggles that I've had. And yeah, um, I'm 38 years old and I'm a, a, a proud father of two beautiful girls. Uh, Aura, she's seven years old and Luna, she's two years old right now. But I can tell you parenting is probably disability or not is probably the hardest thing in the world um and i think that having that disability just kind of adds on that extra challenge of um having to really figure things out differently you know um i can tell you again more often than, than not in these last couple of years that i do get frustrated that there are certain things that i can't do you know um like my my partner melissa she takes on uh certain roles that would be more typical for the father to take on uh, because I physically can't do it. You know, my daughter Aura is trying to learn to ride a two-wheeler bike. I want to be behind her and chase her down the, the street. And, you know, it's not that I can't, I'm there with her and I'm, yeah. I'm helping her, but I can't run past her behind her and, and catch her if she falls, you know? So um, we find ways to, to always, like I always get involved any way that I can but obviously there are certain things that are more challenging and so that's when um my disability i guess gets or i get reminded of of my disability in those moments and and depending where i'm at in my life and in my head uh sometimes it can affect me a lot more than um on a day that i'm having a good day and i'll just be like okay well this is what it is and i'm just going to work past it and find a solution where if i'm having a bad day then it can really just kind of drag me down for a couple more days because uh it's one of those things that kind of just not trying to to get people in in a yeah yeah of course in a depressing sense but it i mean it's the reality of it you know it's not all flowers and roses and you know a lot of people think that because i have made a living as a dancer it doesn't mean that i don't have like certain um emotions attached to the reality of my disability because the reality is i do have a disability just like other people who have disabilities as well too so yeah so what what was the mindset behind some of your limiting beliefs i mean uh, there was moments where i really felt like i couldn't do certain things you know um there was moments that i felt that uh like my disability was generally stopping me from doing certain things and what helped me really get out of those moments was taking that step back and then looking at things differently and finding ways to adapt so just to give you an example like i crawl yeah Um, in the moment sometimes i'm embarrassed to crawl in public or to do certain things but the minute that I can step back and just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to crawl, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to do it. Like, why do I, like, this is the way that I get around. This is the way that I'm going to make it happen. Um, and then I don't care. And then I just get past it. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I have those insecurities too. You know, I get in those moments where I feel embarrassed or I feel in shock or, or whatever. And what really helps me get out of it is really taking that step back, taking that breath and asking myself, what's the biggest what's why why do i have to make such a big deal about this like let's just go for it like sounds like mindfulness being in the moment and realizing this is what i gotta do to 
make it work. So I'm not going to care what others say. This is yeah. how I'm going to make it work. Exactly. And, um, and, and when I get into that mindfulness, then I'd say that things work out for the better. And I feel better about myself in the long run of things because I got to do that one thing that I wanted to do, you know, go from point A to point B, whatever, whatever it was in that moment. And um, I realized halfway through those insecurities that I had on myself, no one cared, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, and so um, if, I think that if you give yourself something that you want to do, just find a way to do it um and the the those things that we put in our heads if we can ignore them then we can be successful in attaining the thing that we want in that present moment and it might not be exactly the way we expected it and that's the thing that we also have to expect or, or accept the things that we have to accept is sometimes we put stiff in our minds and we're gonna be like okay i'm gonna make this happen um, but it's not necessarily going to happen the way you wanted it to happen. And you have to accept that. What is the big picture of it? Because you got it done. You know, if I can give you a clear example, in uh, 2014, I gave myself the challenge to walk 2.5 kilometers without my crutches or without my legs. Wow. The walk took me two and a half hours. I fell easily a hundred times. The day before my walk, in my head, I had the clear vision of the path. Being like, okay, cool, this is gonna go by smooth. I've been practicing, I've been training, and then the day of the walk, there were so many people that came to encourage me. There, it was very hot. I wasn't expecting certain things, and so things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. And every time I fell down, I was thinking about quitting, but I kept on telling myself, "I get up and just cross that finish line. Just cross that finish line." The walk didn't go as smoothly as I wanted it to go or as I had envisioned it in my head. But at the end of the day, I still crossed that finish line. And that's the goal. And that's the thing that we have to remind ourselves is that if you start something, then you have to kind of get yourself to that mindset to be able to finish it. And even if it doesn't finish the way you wanted it to, you still finished it. Yeah, that's awesome. And when, did, when was this journey started when you realized you wanted to be a dancer? or be that entertainment, be that entertainer? <laughs> um, you know, I think early on as a kid, I, I was someone that enjoyed attention. I, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I, I'm a Leo. I was born. <laughs> I, uh, um, I'm Italian. So there's those like characteristics, I think that just come out. Um, and um, before becoming a dancer, one of my things that I really wanted to do was be a lead singer of a band. Like I wanted to ACDC, like I wanted to be a rock and roller. Right. And um, then I got involved into skateboarding and I got like mixed into the whole punk and hip hop culture because in skateboarding there, the, that music and just those cultures just kind of mixed together. And then after having a surgery on my knees, cause I was skateboarding on my knees before um when i was skating like because i couldn't stand up straight and I, and my legs were just naturally bent so i was skateboarding on my knees and then after having a surgery to help straighten my legs i couldn't skateboard anymore and that's when i was searching for a new activity uh, my friends some of them who were skateboarding with me had just gotten involved in breaking breaking which is also known as breakdance 
they showed me what it was. I fell in love with it. And out of all my friends that I started with, I'm the only one that really continued. Um, and I developed this unique style that really, um, what was cool because it was at an era in the breakdance world or in the hip hop world that people with disabilities weren't often showcased and highlighted. And yeah. so when the audience saw something different, they were like attracted to it because it was different. It was unique. It was innovating. And uh, so I, like I started in the early 2000s and I was doing some moves that other people couldn't do. And those moves were natural to me because of the way my body was. Mm. So that kind of gave me a certain type of attention and a certain type of notoriety. And from there, I started really developing this one unique style by using the strength of my arms and my crutches as an extension of my arms. And that's how Lazy Legs was born. And initially, when I first started dancing, it wasn't to be a professional dancer. It wasn't a career thing. It really was just to challenge myself to create movements. Um, in the breaking world, it's very common to be doing battles. Battles yeah. are face-to-face yeah. uh, -face dance competitions. Um, and so for me, it was all about the battle. It was all about like one-upping the person in front of me. And it was really like later on, I think after like the third or fourth year that I was dancing and I was hearing about competitions and battles that were happening in other states because I grew up in Maryland. So I was hearing about these battles going through into other states and that dancers started getting invited and they could be trapped. You could travel to these competitions. And when I moved to Canada for university in 2004, or sorry, it was 2002. It was in 2002 when I moved to Canada, that's when I wanted to take things a bit more seriously. And it really wasn't up until 2004 though, that I started traveling. Oh. And it was in 2004 where I saved up all summer long. I was doing street shows and I worked at Beaver Tales in old Montreal and all my money that I made from Beaver Tales and from street shows went to purchase my first flight to Los Angeles, California. Woo! I flew to LA. I did a dance battle. Um, and from there, it's kind of things started snowballing and that's how I realized that I could start making a career out of my dance. And, um, for the past 20 ish years, I've been, earning my living as a professional dancer. I, I also got involved in motivational speaking. So I started building um, speeches uh, to be able to offer in schools, to offer to colleges, universities, corporate activities. And then um, I also developed a dance crew called Ill Abilities. And so I tour with my crew and I, yeah. I'm currently like the manager and the founder of the crew. Um, and I build tours with the guys and uh, I've trained all the guys to become motivational speakers as well too. So in their hometowns, they're speaking and, uh, and then, uh, that's pretty much like what I do. <laughs> the dancing lead up to the motivational speaking or vice versa in like the, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so when I was dancing, I wanted to be able to give back, um, to hospitals and, uh, I, I grew up, I had a total of 16 surgeries growing up from a very young age. Wow. The first surgery was when I was seven months old. And the last surgery, hopefully last surgery forever, was when I was 17 years old. And when I first moved to Montreal and I started getting better at my dance and I started getting recognized and was feeling more confident with my own dance that I could start offering performances in hospitals. And initially, I was calling... The Shriners Hospital, the Children's Hospital in Montreal, 
and I was just visiting the kids in the hospital and I would do a little dance showcase. But the thing was the organizers that helped the volunteers that helped organize this show were blocking off like a half an hour to an hour of time. And a dancer doesn't have, like, I, I didn't have an hour worth of material. Yeah. And, an hour worth of material. Um, and so really the way I was offering it was it was doing like, I would do like one dance show. Then I would do like a little dance class and I would just get the patients and the kids moving. And then we would just do question and answer. And over time, I realized that a lot of the same questions always kept on coming up. So I built my speech based on the questions that the kids were giving me. Um, and then in 2006, I, get, I got my first opportunity as a speaker at a school called the Mackay Center. And the Mackay Center is a school for kids with disabilities. And In Montreal? In Montreal, yeah. Sorry. And uh, the, the principal was like, okay, so you're going to have an hour. And I was like freaking out. I had no clue. <laughs> I started researching what is public speaking, like how do we do this? And I pretty much built my speech off of the questions the students, the, the kids gave me in the hospitals and the research that I did with uh, what public speaking was. And then really, as a public speaker, things really snowballed from that instance. And then because of my presentation at the Mackay Center, the principal had talked to other schools in the area and then other schools and then really things just kind of snowballed from there. So your ill, Ill abilities dance group, uh, are they from different countries? Yeah, so ill abilities, what makes it really so special is that no one is living in the same place. We are not headquartered in Canada. I'm actually the only Canadian dancers. We are currently seven dancers representing six different countries. So we have two dancers that live in Brazil, but they don't even live close to each other. They live like six hours away from each other in Brazil. Uh, we have one dancer living in Chile. We have another dancer living in South Korea. We have a dancer living in the US and another dancer living in Holland. And hopefully uh, in the next two years or so, we'll actually be recruiting some new members in other parts of Europe as well too. How does like the traveling and how does that feel like showcasing your talent and going to different places in the world? I mean, it's, uh, for me, the way I look at it is that when I perform, I look at the performance as like the cherry on top. I don't look at it as work. For me, the work is really uh, talking to uh, clients and negotiating and making phone calls and making decisions for the crew. That's like the work. And then when I get to perform in front of a public, that's like a gift. Um, and that's like really something that I truly love and I value. Um, and so the feeling is, is priceless. I can't really describe it. It's something that's really cool. And to be doing yeah. it around the world is, is like, uh, the best gift in the world. You know, I was yeah, yeah. in last week and I was in Scotland, uh, two days ago. Um, you know, just to, to understand and hear different languages and experience different cultures and eat different foods. And, um, you know, when you're in those towns and you're the one that's performing the people that are hiring you are excited to show you their their culture and so you get to really experience it in a in a really beautiful way and to end off our segment what would you say being limitless and having that mindset means to you limitless to me um is taking that time to learn to do things your own way if you take that time to learn to do things your way, and even if it's different, it doesn't mean that it's wrong, 
then there are really limitless possibilities. There's, you know, um, Ivan, I know you've heard my no excuses, no limits pitch before many times, but yeah, I, when I say no limits, I want to, I, I, I want people to realize it's like we actually all face certain types of challenges and certain types of limits, but it's how do we overcome those challenges and limits? That's that's what really creates the no limits mindset and that limitless mindset that you're trying to promote in this moment. It's about doing things your way. Yeah. And so um, that's to me what limitless means is just. Yeah, awesome. I love that. I love that. And where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so I'm on all different types of social media. So just type in at B-Boy Lazy Legs. And legs is with a Z at the end, not an S. So B-B-O-Y-L-A-Z-Y-L-E-G-Z. And uh, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. uh, And I have my website. It's lazylegs.com. And uh, yeah, uh, other than that, we will be touring in Ontario. Actually, Ivan, I'll send you a message. We're we're working on our flyers, so in a couple of weeks, I'll uh, share that with you, and you can share it with your listeners as well. Oh, awesome, awesome! Thank you for your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Ivan. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Thank you for listening to episode forty. Learning to do things your way with Luca Patwelli. I hope I was able to inspire and motivate you guys in your journey of having a limitless mindset. I would love to know what resonated with you, and please help me spread the message across by tagging me on your Instagram stories at Limitless Ivan the Podcast at L I M I T L E S S underscore I B A N. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast over at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Your feedback means a lot. Thank you. And remember, stay limitless.